Ajanti. And I'm Marcus Ozati. And this is Passport Necessary, a podcast dedicated to growing up as TCKs and how it's affecting us now that we're adults. And today mm -hmm. we're going to be talking about universities. Yes, indeed. Yeah. So I went to university uh, and you started going, we'll be to, going to... You'll be going well, to university. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's going to be good. Probably started by the time I'm putting this out, to be fair. That's yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so I went to I I always knew when I was in high school that I was going to go to university. There was definitely mm -hmm. this I don't want to say pressure, but it was an expectation from my peers yeah. and my parents definitely made me feel like I probably should go, but it was mm -hmm. never like you must go right now. It was also they were my mom had said like, Hey, if you need to take a year off, like that's totally fine. But I was actually very gung-ho about immediately yeah. going in straight into university mm -hmm. right after high school. Yeah. It's an interesting one because, I mean, like, I think certainly for international school students, there's always, because it's kind of a private education, generally speaking, there is a high sort of desire for people to go and continue going into further education. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's a good idea. I think the thing is, though, that one downside about it is that sometimes people might not feel that they're ready to go mm -hmm. and they might want to do some other things especially if you're going back to your home country which you haven't seen for years or maybe haven't really lived in ever that's an interesting sort of thing going to the country that you I suppose come from in a sense oh yeah absolutely I mean for myself when I was applying to universities I know at first I was actually avoiding trying to go to an American university because mm -hmm. I just, I think a part of me was really nervous about coming back. Um, so I applied to Canada. Mm -hmm. I applied to the UK. Um, I had even looked at France, not for very long because they didn't have programs that I mm -hmm. wanted to in, to do in theater. Um, but I also realized that within the field that I wanted to go into, which was theater, that I should look at the U.S. Um, and as yeah, an American definitely. citizen, my tuition wouldn't be too, too crazy. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's an interesting one, just like thinking about getting to university, isn't it? It's just, it's such a massive goal and it's kind of a weird one when you're like, I think part of the problem sometimes with that sort of thing is that the goal is to get there. And sometimes if you make the goal so much about getting to that point, you don't know what to do next once you get there. I think that's a potential problem. Mm -hmm. uh, I know I, for myself, I knew I, went, I was one of those weirdos who I knew I wanted to go to university because I had a very specific thing I wanted to do. Whereas I know yes. that a lot of my peers that went to university with me, they went because they felt like they had to go to university, but with no real understanding yeah. of what they wanted to study or why they really yeah. wanted, like what they really wanted to get out of it. Um, mm. I went to university with the absolute goal of, I want to work in theater. I want to yeah. become a professional I want to know everything I can about the practical side as well as the creative side mm -hmm. of putting on theatrical productions. And the only yeah. thing that I wasn't sure of at that point was that while I was in high school, I had mostly done acting and I knew right. I had started to develop interest in more of the production side of theater, but I didn't know enough about it. 
Um, mm. And so I knew that one of the things I wanted to do while in college was I wanted to be able to explore other branches within theater, um, which is interesting because when I started applying to colleges, most of the programs I had been applying to were acting specific. They were like mm-hmm. conservatories right, yeah. for acting. Yeah. And I very yeah. quickly realized after I had gone through that whole application and I even went for like auditions, I mm-hmm. realized I was like, this isn't really what I want to do. I think yeah, I'm more yeah. interested in the production side. I love acting, but I thought, mm-hmm. I think like professionally and like in a more stable sense, I wanted to do more of the production element. So I, up, yeah. I applied to university where it was going to be a lot of practical elements, a lot of how do you actually put on productions? And that to me was what was so attractive. I was really close to New York, so I could go into the city mm-hmm. and go see shows. Oh, yeah. So weirdly, I really didn't want to go to the States. And then it ended up being probably the best choice I made for university. Oh, that's good. That's very good. It's always a difficult one because you're never entirely sure what you're going to get. I think that's an interesting thing about university, especially now it's a bit difficult because there's I don't know how much of it is like this in the US but when I arrived in the UK the thing was that they were putting tuition fees up for residents in the UK but at the time they were international fees were essentially what the fees were going to be for the students the next year you know after I arrived or whenever it was and it was just you know so it's funny because I think I think there might be a bit more of a question of value for money now than there used to be mm-hmm. so there are lots of universities but you know whether the course that they give is, is going to be the thing that you want is really difficult because it's got so many options so i think you know sometimes people might just be a bit sort of lucky in getting into the course that they actually really like mm-hmm. you know it's, it's an interesting question if especially if, you, if you're if you're being pushed to do it it seems to be a very strange thing to sort of well, pushed is the wrong word but if, if you if it's a kind of an expectation that you're going to do it I think these days it's probably harder than it was sort of like, say, 20 years ago. Well, also, also you have to consider, I mean, I don't know how expensive it is in the UK, but depending on if you are a student from out of state, if you are getting a bunch of scholarships, if you are going Mm. to a private university versus a state university, like these are all factors that go into how much you're going to pay. But generally for college students you could be paying anywhere from 50 grand all the way up to like 75 85 grand like it's a is that in- it's a lot of money to do higher education yeah. in the united states and i think that's the one part where i find it very heartbreaking for those students who feel the pressure that they have to go into university but they don't know what they want mm-hmm. yet it's like you're yes. signing away a bunch of money and you're putting yourself in a lot of debt uh, unless you have parents yeah. who are able to help pay for you or you're able to get a mm-hmm. bunch of scholarships that can cover most of the money, which most students don't get. Um, no. You are paying a lot of money. And if you don't know what you really want, then that could, I mean, in the long term, it could feel like a waste where it's like, well, I didn't yes. really want to study this or I wasn't sure what I wanted to go into. I just picked something and did it um Mm. and very quickly once you're there you realize like oh this is far more intense than i thought it was going to be especially if you're going into a conservatory yes yes because that'll be a lot of hard work 
I, there was there was a TV series in Britain called Red Dwarf. Oh, and one of the yes. guys, yeah, one of the characters called Lister. He's talking about. Oh, he's talking to someone who says, "Oh, I went to art college." And this guy says, "What? You went to art college?" He said, "Yeah, yeah, I did." Said, what, what what happened? And he said, "Well, I got there, and on the first day, I went and had a look at my schedule and just checked out of there." I was like, "Well, why is that?" Well, because they said they had they had lectures at nine in the morning before I even get up. I'm not going there. Is you know that thing you don't realise the intensity? It's a good joke. It's a very good joke, but it, I mean, it really is like that. I think there are some people who it's not. I'm always a very big encourager of if you are not 100% sure of why you want to go to college, maybe take a gap year. Go travel if you yeah. have the means to do so. Go work. You can find mm. out a lot about yourself working. Like I've worked jobs where I learned a lot. I learned I don't want to work that job and I'll yeah. go find something yeah. else. <laughs> and yeah. I think those are experiences where it really helps you out in the long run. I personally would not take away the education that I got in college. I think I learned a lot. Yeah. I learned a lot socially. I learned a lot from my mm -hmm. peers and I learned a lot academically from my professors. So I personally feel yeah. like I really got a lot out of my education, especially since the program that I was in was kind of like the, it was a program that a lot of people would join and unless you were very, very passionate about it, people would just kind of fall mm -hmm. out of it because you really had to want yeah. to do theater. It's work. People look yes, at the arts and they're like, oh, it's a silly practice thing, whatever. No, it, it, <laughs> there's a lot of effort that goes into what you're doing. There's time, there's money. And yes. I think the thing I learned from that program was that you can really make the most out of very little resources. Just oh, yeah. figure out what is the most important for you, for your production. And there are ways of making it happen without having to like spend every single penny that you own. Um, yeah. And that was very formative for me as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think if I had gone into the conservatories like I had been originally thinking of, I would have really, I think I would have gotten very, very good at acting. Um, yes. But I don't think I would have really found my passion of directing and stage management and all of those more production sides that I think is mm -hmm. very important to understand when you're working in theater. How does the production actually happen? Um, yeah. I think that's really important. And I know that universities in the States are so different from, you know, basically anywhere else. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. It's funny because, I mean, even even like within the UK, there are differences and it becomes a bit odd. Like, I mean, even now we're sort of talking about like, oh, kids are going back to school and people in Scotland are going, but they're already back at school. <laughs> the Scots work things differently, which which is fine. It makes a kind of sense. Um, but in Scotland, they have a four-year course for university, whereas in England, it's three. Yeah, in the U don't U.S., know it's why. four. Yeah. I mean, four years makes sense, I would say, more than... Because in Britain, they do this thing of kind of going, oh, yeah, well, you know, the first year doesn't really count towards your final grade. And you kind of think, what's the point of that? Like, why do three years? I mean, it seems strange because, like, in Scotland, if it had the IB, they would say, well, you can skip the first year of university. Then if you got a good raise in the IB, then you can skip the first year of university. Then the next three years are really going to be where you get your stuff done, mm -hmm. which to me makes sense. Whereas in Britain, they kind of go, yeah, first year doesn't count. And you kind of go, what's the 
point of that. I don't quite get it. And people say, oh, but it's hard, you know, when you're starting off there. It's like, I sort of see that, but maybe it, I think it, it, it seems a bit strange to be spending that money for basically a two-year course. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally get it. I mean, I know for myself, I was the only reason I was frustrated when I entered into an American university was that when I went was when the IB was just starting to get recognized by universities Mm -hmm. here in the U.S. and not really by state universities. Private universities recognized what the IB was, but state universities didn't really know they recognized really? AP. So if you had AP credits, you could skip mm-hmm. a bunch of courses. There were a lot of things that you could get out of. But if you did IB, you were kind of out of luck. The only thing I s- skipped and didn't have to take because I did IB was like the intro to writing course that everyone has to take when they go right. to college. Okay. I was like, yeah. wait, I did like advanced math. I can't cover my <laughs> math credit and they're like no you still have to take that i was like i already did oh, this God. why am i doing it again i could be taking another theater class i could be taking another player like that was to me the most frustrating part where i was like mm-hmm. i did the ib i promise you is harder than the classes that i'm taking here in college please let yeah. me skip it but they they absolutely would not let me just because they didn't recognize what ib was right okay so interesting. for any international students that are taking the IB and you're looking into getting to university, double check and see, does that university recognize IB credits? Because if yeah. it doesn't, you're going to get frustrated. I'm just giving you the heads yeah. up. It will be frustrating. <laughs> I think, yeah, Jesus. I mean, the thing is, is that I, for Britain anyway, most of the, I think most of the countries within the UK will recognize the IB, mm-hmm. uh, because it's a European kind of idea, generally speaking, as far as I understand it, it's generally sort of that kind of thing. So, um, not getting into too many politics, but since the UK used to be part of the EU, you assume that it sort of like had an understanding of what the IB was supposed to be more than you would say in the US or Canada, which kind of makes a kind of sense because it's not really part of the framework. Yeah, I mean, I remember when I was in high school, I did a weekend retreat where all of the students who were doing IB theater, which was like me and like two other students, because we were interested in Mm -hmm. doing like higher level and standard level. So anyone, I was the only higher, no, my friend and I were the only higher level students. And I think everyone else was standard. Um, Right. So it was a very small group of us. We went to England for a weekend retreat Mm -hmm. and it was basically like an intensive this is what you need to know when you're taking the IB exam for theater, which at the time, it's probably changed since I graduated high school, but at the Mm -hmm. time, IB theater was considered, IB theater higher level was considered the second hardest exam to take. Really? Yes. I don't remember which was the hardest. It might've been either a math or a science, but the theater yeah. the theater higher level was considered the hardest and i think the reason that was given is that because it's a subjective subject that they're trying to make objective and you have right. to prove that you're really thinking about all the different elements that they're asking you to think about um mm. which honestly made me very prepared when i was in college 
um, I would have professors who would be like, well, why are you making that choice? Why are you doing this? And having had that experience when I was in the IB of critically analyzing my choices helped me then when I was in university, I was like, oh, this is why I'm making this decision. It's not just Mm -hmm. arbitrary. Like I remember the example my teacher in high school always gave was you can't just stick a disco ball in the scene. If you're going to put a disco ball in the scene, you have to explain, you have to know why that disco ball is there. If you just put it there because you like the look of it, that's not a reason. You need to have like an actual reason for the show as to why that disco ball is there. And that always stuck with me because I was like, yeah, absolutely. Everything has to make sense for your production. Otherwise, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Yeah, it's one of those things, I suppose you have to really think about stuff I suppose a bit more in that kind of scenario mm. I mean I, I suppose you could just sort of like just go yeah he just likes mirror balls <laughs> you know but that would be a bit of a lame thing it's just it's just there it's just there but I suppose <laughs> yeah I suppose you could do that as well but then you might want to have a bunch of other objects that are just there <laughs> like the disco ball and then a rake just just cause like, <laughs> yeah just yeah he's got incredibly poor taste it's just it that's what his house looks like but, you know <laughs> it's just oh my gosh um so i f- going back to universities i did yeah. not go to a university that had uh greek life um which is what another way of referencing uh fraternities and sororities um right okay my university because we had so many conservatories that kind of acted like greek life on our campus mm-hmm. um but we did have a lot of like student clubs and a lot of uh, people yeah. would join those but in terms of like a fraternity or a sorority we did not have that on campus and actually right the way our campus worked people were very against that i remember maybe it was my junior year of college, there were some students who were trying to campaign for a fraternity to come onto our campus and people like actively fought against that. They were like, absolutely not. Mm. We do not want this on our campus. Yeah, it's the kind of thing, I don't know whether Britain has that in quite the same way. I mean, you have like colleges and stuff like that, but I don't think people really look at them in that way. You do have clubs and I think it tends to be the older universities that have the strange clubs. Oxford's famous for it. Um, and they're not, apart from the people in the club, nobody likes them. Um, <laughs> that, that's the problem is you just kind of go, mm, no, you're all right. We don't really want to deal with these people. Um, and it, it tends to be rather wealthy people that go in for it. But I think it is a kind of like social hierarchy thing where they, this is what you do is that we all get to meet each other we all know who each other is and so when we go out into the real world we know who Darius is and we know who Boris is and we know who David is these are all real people um, but you know it's just but that's the thing is, is that, so that's that's the kind of the reputation they have outside the universities they're not really considered to be um, good things whereas there are other things that you know like university i'm going to be going to york st john's they have like i don't know they have like a, a history club and then they have um muay thai clubs and then i think they have cricket club um literature clubs and so on and so forth and like an lgbtqia club as well that sort of thing which i think is much more of a community thing yeah which we, we have that sense. yeah we have that at american universities too yeah. fraternities and sororities are i mean they're technically clubs but they're like 
yeah. communities that you were agreeing to join. And the, mm. the thing that has a negative tint on fraternities and sorority. I know plenty of people who were in fraternities and sororities who had amazing times with it. They felt a real sense of yeah. community. Um, but unfortunately there is this like tinge to it where, uh, a lot of times to join these groups, you have to ha- get hazed. You're basically like, mm-hmm. they test you to see if you really want to be part of this club, essentially. Yeah. And unfortunately, that has led to um, injuries as well as deaths mm-hmm. because a lot of the uh, hazing rituals do involve alcohol um, and like right. very like like dares and things that could potentially put you in harm's way. Um, Mm -hmm. not all sororities and fraternities are like this, but unfortunately it is common enough that when the idea of a fraternity or a sorority was to come onto the campus that I went to, people were adamantly Mm -hmm. against it. Um, and again, I think a big part of it was because the, the school I went to was at heart a very artistic college. And I think the idea of having select groups that only select people could belong to made people feel very weird. And also because we already yeah. had conservatories and that kind of fulfilled that where yeah. it was like you auditioned, you did what you could and now you're part of the conservatory and there are older yeah, members yeah. of the conservatory who take care of you. So that kind of fulfilled what a fraternity or sorority could be without having to have all yes. of that negative potential background attached to it yeah i suppose it's funny because i suppose these things exist everywhere where all this sort of strange stuff happens and it is a bit weird um because you do have you do hear about things like that in britain as well as do with like certain clubs and things like that um and i think that's kind of why sometimes they get a bad reputation because some of the things that as you say, some of the things that they do are just unbelievably stupid. <laughs> and, you know, people, that's that's just the image that people have of it. Yeah. Which can't really do the university any good. It can't, and it definitely doesn't do the club any good, but those people in the club don't care, I don't think. But it's, it, it's strange. I mean, young people don't need that many more reasons to go and do stupid things because they're <laughs> going to do them anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, for sure. And then every university kind of has their own traditions and things that they start. I mean, mm, yeah. I know for, <laughs> I know at my school we had like, um, we had the zombie walk and that was like, all right. yeah, we would literally have people who would like dress up as zombies and they would walk around the campus and then there would be like a giant dance party at our like dance <laughs> hall student group center which was really fun and then uh once a year we would have our what was called culture shock which was like our version of a two-day music festival where um we would have bands and sometimes like famous people would come and they would perform on our campus for the two days and then they would leave yeah it was actually cool i remember one of our things was that we would always shout out that we had drake before he he was famous and we had beyonce (laughs) before she was famous so like we always got the people before they were famous (laughs) um that's what you want (laughs) get them cheap i was there before it was cool (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) Purchase was definitely like that, where it was like, there were quite a few hipsters on our campus. Um, All right. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I think any university, there's always like 
an event or traditions that get created and that sometimes students don't even know why there is that tradition. They just continue to follow it and they keep doing it. Like I heard (laughs) famously, there's a university here in the States where like, there's a, like a, not a seal is in the animal, like a stamp, like a symbol that's in bronze or some sort of metal. That's like in the middle of the campus. Mm -hmm. And then apparently if you step on it, and don't run to the other side of campus or where like the mascot statue is within like right. a certain amount of time, then you're like cursed and you won't graduate within four years. <laughs> and so like famously a bunch of students will be like just doing their everyday thing and they'll catch themselves stepping on it and then they have to like just run. And so <laughs> like there's weird things like that that happen all the time at different universities that, you know, it, it, it makes them unique. It makes them special. I know that um, my college, it was not unusual to see drag queens walking around to see. Mm-hmm. I really, I remember one of my friends uh, dressed up in a chicken costume for a school project. <laughs> um, so you you see some really interesting things when you're in university. <laughs> You do. I suppose it's a good time to be allowed to do it, isn't it? I mean, it's before you really, sort of, you know, you could, you just have fun. And I think that's kind of, that has to be part of it. It has to be fun to an extent. Otherwise, it's just, it might feel a bit soulless. Yeah, for sure. I, I definitely feel for the students who are going into like pre-med programs or those really, really intense mm-hmm. programs where it's like, basically all you're doing is working because of the amount of, homework that you have to get done the amount of papers that you need to read and write like yeah like having that social element definitely is a lot harder to have I do think that when you know what you want to study university is this really interesting almost like stepping point between high school Mm -hmm. and the real world where you're getting some real world experiences you're interacting with people outside of your norm and you're kind of forced to see how other people live. And so it gets you ready for when you go off into the real world, but it's still within the confines of a school setting, which you're used to from having been in high school. So it's not like you're immediately being thrown into the real world and, Oh my God, I don't know how to do anything. It's, it's like an in between where it gets you ready for becoming a full adult. And also you're still finding yourself and learning what you want and discovering things about your own identity sometimes like how many people have said that they got to university and that's when they realized that they were of a certain community that they were queer that they were um passionate about a certain field that they had never even heard about until they went into university yeah yeah it's true i mean it does it does give you the space at least for three, four years, depending on which country you go to, um, to do that. And I suppose that's part of the point. Um, and that's the thing is it, it's, it's difficult though, because it can be a bit weird in terms of like trying to get the course right. I feel a lot of people, I think, and I think there are some people who definitely should go straight after going to school and maybe some people who should just go later on in life. I think I'm definitely one of the in the latter camp that I think is much better going out into the world and doing stuff than actually being at university for me. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I just well, also, I needed a life experience. Also, you're going into a conservatory. Kind of, yeah. It's 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 music, but I mean, it's it's part of a, another university, but it is to do with music specifically, mm-hmm. and it is to do with, well, 
they can like three branches that are a part of it so they have like music composition performance in music and then also um what was the other one music in community i think it is but i think that's to do with like teaching and what you can do with the community with music to help people out and all that kind of stuff but i certainly want to go down the performance and uh, Mm -hmm. composition route and so yeah it is it is three years of you know i suppose really it depends on how it's one of those courses where you look at it's like how much time you're going to put into this i mean if you put like as much time as possible into it you're probably going to get a lot out of it yeah you know um and that's really i think that kind of thing that Certainly the arts need, you need a lot of time on your own to sort of really just look at it and go, right, what can I do with this now? Because mm-hmm. it, it's really difficult getting making a living in the arts to do it at all. So I think the thing is, is that with that sort of stuff, I think you really have to know that you want to do it. And I think the thing is, is that basically 10 years ago probably was not a good time to start going into music or going into music courses because the problem was YouTube was very new and those sort of spotify was still very new i don't even know if it existed at that time i think the only kind of like sharing services that they had were like you could get the stuff torrented and or you use like limewire mm-hmm. jesus christ um uh, and you know even even itunes and apple music weren't really itunes was a thing but it wasn't as big as it is now and it's just i don't know i think a lot of people were very behind the curve in terms of like how you would be able to make a living in music so with this idea you know that still record labels matter you need still need to get signed and all that sort of stuff 10 years on nobody's talking about that anymore it's all like how many income streams can you have you have to have multiple jobs if you want to be able to do music unless you're incredibly famous and very very rich Mm -hmm. so like that's the thing is i think the thing is now is a probably good time to go and study music whereas i think 10 years ago if you wanted to make a living out of it it probably was a bad time to go because they just were so far behind the curve Mm-hmm. you know as I think now you know digital technology people are very aware of what it can do mm-hmm. I my advice for anyone who's like considering going into college and they're not sure what they want to do I mm-hmm. would say if you're 100% like I don't really know save yourself a lot of heartache maybe take a year off figure out what you want to do go and work yeah. go and travel maybe you live with your parents for a little bit there's nothing wrong with that just figuring no. out what you actually want before you go into university and then also mm. you don't have to go into an academic program trade schools oh. are a really great option if you yes. know that you are yes. a very hands-on tactile person and you're interested in electricity or like we always need those kinds of people and guess what they get oh, yeah. paid a lot of money yes (laughs) so if you're not like i'm gung-ho about going to university you're gonna put yourself through a lot of heartache and a lot of maybe financial stress whereas if you just take the time figure out what you want travel work maybe think about trade schools like that might be a better option for you in the long run. And that pressure that everyone puts onto young high school students where it's like, you have to go to university, have to go to college, you have to go to university. They're not the ones living your life. You figure out what's best for you and what's going to help you in the long run. Yeah. And definitely it's, even if you just don't want to, if you want to take five, six, seven years out, that's fine. I mean, so many people go to university again in later life because they just decide, you know what, I've done all the things that I want to do with this stuff, so I'm going to go off and try something else for a while. Yeah. And that's fine. There's no that's set fine. timeline. No one has to live by no. a specific timeline. Everyone has their own way of doing things. If it turns out that exactly. you go to university 
10 years after college. It's not the end of the world. Just find the thing that is fascinating mm-hmm. and passionate for you. And it doesn't have yeah. to be university. It could be something else. And then later on, you're like, you know what? Now I want to go to university. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think maybe more people should be encouraged to do that because I think people would get more out of it. Yeah, because you would actually want to do that work. Yes. And you had time to think about it and all that sort of stuff. So the value of what you're doing is higher. And the thing is, if you're going to spend that money, you know, you might get more of a bang for your buck in a certain sense. Mm-hmm. If you're that if you're that way inclined, if you're one of the people that really knows what they want to do and wants to go, great, that's fine. That was me. <laughs> but, yeah, but, that, that, but that's fine because I mean, different people have different sort of What's the word I'm looking for? Temperaments. Mm-hmm. Some some people will be like very keen on the idea of going straight away because that's like, well, they know what they want to do. Whereas some people will be like, oh, I'm not sure. And I think that's a good thing because I mean, especially if you if you if you are a TCK, the big thing is is that sometimes learning about the country you come from is actually more useful than going to the university in the country because you you will learn about it firsthand and then you might actually, you know find that you get more out of university because you realize how crap the jobs are yeah <laughs> that's partially a joke that's partially a joke but yeah you know. yeah i mean there's all sorts of reasons why to do it and i i personally mm. had a great experience i have plenty of friends who did not and i think that they're going back mm. now and they're having a much better time so really it just depends yeah. on you and what you find fascinating what you think is going to be fulfilling for you as a human being. As we said, especially for TCKs, it could be a really great place for you to learn more about your home country. It was for me, but sometimes you Mm -hmm. just need the time on your own to figure out like, how do I exist within my home country? Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with doing that. No, not at all. Well, Thank you so much for joining us today. As always, it has been a pleasure. Um, We are going to be uploading little bits at a time. So definitely feel free to check us out on social media and Facebook. We do have a page um, where we would love to receive any of your comments, feedback, all that jazz. Um, But yeah, Yeah. until next time, Marcus. Right. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, if you want to find us, we are on Twitter at Passport N-E-C-E-S-S-1. We are also on YouTube, and you can find us anywhere where fine podcasts can be found. Um, through Anchor, that is our main platform, but you can also find us through Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Um, please feel free to leave us a comment, a review. We definitely appreciate those. They make us really happy uh, to see them. And feel free to um, send us questions via Twitter or any of the uh, formats that we're on. We have some really exciting episodes lined up in the future. Um, and hopefully we will have a Facebook group that will be up and running soon uh, where you can absolutely chat with other people who listen to the podcast or even ask us questions. Uh, So thank you so much again for listening and we can't wait to see you next time. Bye.